Well, hi there, everybody. Welcome to episode 78 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name's Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, everybody. How goes it in Greg Hicks Townville? Suburbsness area. Um, yeah, standard. Standard Sunday. I've been training. I smell, but I'm putting that off to join you lovely folk. So yeah, pretty good. Smashing. Mr. Toby Anderson. Hi there. Hi there, how are you? Hi there, how's it going? <laughs> uh, oh, good, thank you very much. I had, um, I've had a pretty good weekend, to be honest. My, um, my wife isn't much of a gamer, she's, but I've been able to get her back on the PlayStation this weekend, which has been lots of fun. So We've had uh, two good days of shouting at the TV, which has been fun. Smashing. Crashing. Yeah. Crashing, in fact, indeed. <laughs> oh, must be nice to be loved. And finally, Mr. Sean <laughs> Davies. Word up. How's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good. How's your chest? Back once again. Um, yeah, I'm back, yeah. Glad it's not COVID. Um, all of the symptoms were there, and um, there'd been contact, so I'm just glad it was a negative. So it was just a plain old chest infection. Thank Christ. Uh, thank Christ for a chest infection. You're, you're like the Boring. normal Job. Like, what next? I mean, honestly, I, I swear to Christ, one day we're going to have, like, a movie... And we're going to have, like, what was his name? The big fat guy from, he's going to play, Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas <laughs> Johnny is going to play you. He's going to play me in my movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life's fun. How are you, Ross? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a very game-filled weekend. Rachel's uh, been away with her family. So yesterday I played just everything. And I caught up with some stuff. I played, finally jumped on some things for the first time. Um, I bought... What do we get? We got Avengers, which, against my better judgment, is actually pretty good. Oh dear! And um, yeah, it's been a fun game-filled weekend, so that's been nice, and it makes makes game of the week a bit more tricky to talk about. But hmm. whatever, I've I've chosen one, and it'll probably be one that someone else has chosen as well. But what the hell? Who cares? This is our podcast, and we do whatever the fuck we want. So, Mister Greg Hicks, what is your game of the week? Probably not the one that you think I'm going to talk about, which is just derailed your fucking swearing. Yeah, but uh, sometimes you, you've got it out and got to get out. Yeah, you know? True, true. Like pod, podcatarettes. Yeah, I feel better now. Yeah, good. Uh, I was playing Mafia. I traded that in for Squadrons because Mafia got really boring. Quite enjoying Squadrons. No, my game of the week uh, isn't anything new. It's Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain. I noticed you playing that. Yeah, I just had a bit of a nostalgic twinge because it's the PlayStation 25th birthday and I was thinking Metal Gear and I booted up Metal Gear Solid 4 the other day and that is not a, an easy game to play. I didn't realise how bad the control system was after playing a lot more modern games. So I decided to push and go for Phantom Pain. After we were talking about it the other week with the whole like cloud saves and what had I done, what hadn't I done, uh, it turns out I had restarted it. So I'm back near the start. So I've just been... Uh, yeah, just familiarizing myself with that. And I finished Spider-Man again, and I'm still just playing that. But yeah, my, my game of the week, I suppose, would be the Phantom Pain. If I'm supposed to be doing it as a, as, a, as a sales pitch, you can get the Definitive Edition for like £3 on the PlayStation Store. So if you haven't played Phantom Pain, then for £3, you get Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. Do it. Oh, that's pretty good. Hmm. I was listening to Spotify play the, uh, the theme to one of the Metal Gear 5 trailers earlier. Um, was it Nuclear, Mike Oldfield? Yes. I'm nuclear. Yeah, yeah. I'm well. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe think of you. 
weird enough are weird enough not in the game though there's loads of like 80s mm. tracks in there and very anachronistic things but there's no modern tracks in there huh. but it is quite funny that you can have your helicopter come in playing hall of notes man ear <laughs> so here hearing <laughs> watch out boys yeah coming in coming in from yeah well I, I had ride of the valkyries in ground zeros and i had it in phantom pain and it got really boring <laughs> so i was like you know what i'm gonna have some hall of notes yeah i'm getting shot at i'm getting blown out by tanks there's a giant bipedal nuclear robot after me but like ah <laughs> so yeah that's my game of the week a bit of a bit of five-year-old metal gear solid nice all right then oh we got to toby anderson it's about time am i right yes. that's I very right? good that's Thanks. very very good thank you <laughs> i need to I'm, I'm cheering myself up right now um, well, I was, I, I said just before we started, I, I kind of want to cheat. And so Greg's already mentioned an extra one plus his one. So I'm going to go with mentioning three extra ones and, and mine. So basically I, I had just too many games this week, but like you said, like a good game packed week. Um, it was going to be, my game of the week was going to be control, um, which I started last weekend, um, and managed to platinum, but it was a fantastic experience. Very, very confusing game, but loved it, but I moved on. Then we had Genshin Impact drop. I put three solid evenings into that. Got to Adventure rank 10, a bit into the meat of the game, but the story wasn't doing it for me, and I pretty much gave up. So um, I'll probably go back, but can't be my game of the week. Then Doom Eternal drops on Xbox Game Pass, and I'm like, oh, that'll be my game of the week. And so I play that for one evening, think it's amazing, because it clearly is amazing. Um, and then, one Friday, we got a another code, and the code was for Crash Bandicoot 4, which um, generously have given to me, so thank you very much. I love it. So, so good. Um, I don't know if you've seen scores coming in, but it's getting a good sets of eights and nines and things. Um, and it's just a fantastic, fantastic return to form for a series um, that has been sadly left to rot for 20 years. Um, lackluster sequels that we've had on the PlayStation 2 and Game Boy Advance and all these kind of things. Um, yeah, beautifully put together, classic series, modernized, and a modern classic in its own right. And it's just full of fantastic levels. There's a few worlds towards the end, which are just like space stations and alien worlds and things. And they just surpass anything that was possible on the original PlayStation. So they look amazing. They're possibly the best Crash Bandicoot levels there's ever been. And so the game is just clearly has to be my game of the week. And I'm just like, well, bring on Crash Bandicoot 4. If they're going to make it that go that well, if it's going to be that good, um, then I want more. Um, so yeah, my review uh, is pretty much done and ready to go on the same day as the podcast. So give it a read. That's awesome, my game yeah. of the week. I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, Crash 4, man. I'm so glad we got that one. That is well, well good. How many um how many references to the other ones or the ones that they ignore do they make? Because in, um, in the trailer they were like, "How many times have we done this now?" And they're like, four. "Yeah, really." So every now and again, the characters will reference having met a couple of times in the past, and then go, "We didn't, we didn't. This is can't be the third time, can, can it? Really? No, like this kind of thing." Right. Okay. Um, and um, that happens a number of times. There's one or two references to Twin Sanity because the characters from Twin Sanity are in it a little bit. Um, so there's a, there's a few, but in general, they just go, those last 20 years didn't happen. Right. Um, and it, it would just start in a fresh, um, which is a marketing ploy and a plot ploy and all sorts of stuff all wrapped into ones. So it's okay. quite good. Personally, I think the, the pun makes sense. It's about time. Yeah. Awesome. But Deshaun Davies, what have you been playing this week? And what is your game of the week? I've been playing too much. 
and the game of the week. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the game of the week is called the the Solitaire Conspiracy, um, which is Mark Bithell's new game. I can't talk about it loads, but I just wanted to put it out there that um, the review is coming out on Wednesday, and it's basically a blend of um, spy FMV game and a solitaire game, but it's got a whole host of other mechanics that make it actually a pretty decent solitaire game. So I can't really give loads about it, but you should definitely check out on Wednesday because um, it should be an interesting day for reviews to drop. And that is my game of the week. Mm. It's just, I was kind of curious. I was like, oh, Mike Bethel's new game. I was short, like, um, like Subsurface Circular. Quite quick, quite interesting to get into. Oh, Greg Miller's in it. Okay, pass. Let's move on. <laughs> there is a can, lot. Can you say? Miller. Can you say why Greg Miller is in it for people who are not understanding what this is about? Or do I have to wait I, till Wednesday? I, I, can, I can. He he plays a character called Jim Ratio, who's like your man in the chair that helps you organize missions and things. Okay. Um, there so is he's, a lot. he's quite quite prominent in it then. But he he's is, a fictitious. He's not playing Greg Miller. He's playing a fictitious character. Um, it's, it's not no, like it's not like Conan O'Brien in Death Stranding, yeah. where it's like uh, it's Conan O'Brien. He's he's acting, acting. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, Greg Miller is just uh, taking jobs away from actors that really need the work. <laughs> sure, that's Mike Bithell's fault for asking him. Mike Bithell should know better. He, he had he had Baker in John John Wick, didn't he? Here's, here's, here's the case with this. What I, I think is... Oh dear, we, we've set him off now. No, no, I, I, I think that Solitaire... <laughs> I say we, Ross has set him off. <laughs> so Solitaire is a really hard sell. And yeah, it's a card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so and, and it is a niche, but it is one of these niches that, that has quite a lot of fans now. Like The, the games have actually been getting pretty, pretty decent. Uh, that Ancient Enemy that Mike Bithell helped release like during, earlier this year, it's really good. And... You know, it's it's the thing is to sell somebody on that. You know, it's a game of solitaire, something that you've probably had free with Windows for two decades. It's a tough sell, and I think putting Greg Miller in it is is a bit of a, a calculated gamble. I think you know one retweet from him will probably sell thirty thousand copies. So, yeah. I do have one question though. Yeah. Do the do the cards still all like fly towards the screen when you win? No. Oh, better. Better. oh, that's terrible. It's not Spider Solitaire, no. Um, Boo. It does do, it does do a, a pretty cool effect, but I don't want to spoil it. All right, so I'm not going to buy it. You should. Well, no, it's Greg Miller in it. Name of the week, though, Greg. <laughs> it's got my namesake in it, yeah. Mike Bittle's Solitaire is enough, to, I think, to get people interested. Mm. Well, it's like when, um, it's like when uh, Tim Schafer made a game about those little matryoshka things, you know. People curiously go, how do you... Stacking, yeah. How do you make a game about little matrioska dolls? And yeah, it's the draw, isn't it? It's the well, that game was great. Yeah, it's the it's the author <laughs> it's the author thing of like, huh? If you if you try it, they will come. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same thing, but it is the same thing in a way. But it's like Baz Luhrmann doing Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that that yeah. pedigree they bring with them. You go, and, wait a minute, that that could be fun. And like, why Christopher Nolan's got a free pass to make any bonkers film he wants. Exactly. What's uh, your uh, game of the week, Roscoe? <laughs> My game of the week is a video game that you might have heard of called Star Wars Squadrons. Now, this is a game that, for the longest time, I was like, yeah, you know, I yeah, wasn't so- wasn't really like like the aerial dogfighting is not really my 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 thing. I'm not very good at it. 
Um, Star Wars Squadrons has proven that beyond belief. Mm. That's why I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but man, it's fun, isn't it? It Jeez. really is. Yeah, yeah. It's just really fun. I mean, once you're in the air, it becomes such, it's so well made. Mechanically, you feel so in control of these things. And once you get your head around all of the little bits, all like the engine power and the, yeah. the weapon power and everything, suddenly you're like, holy shit, I'm piloting a TIE fighter. This is the best thing ever. And it's, um, those are those like aero dogfighting moments that are in Battlefront and stuff. This is such an, such an upgrade. It feels like a, a real leap from, from, those, from those kind of elements in Battlefront. Um, I feel like playing it in VR is the optimum way to do it. I can't do that, obviously, on my end. But I think if you do have a VR headset and you have squadrons, that's got to be how you play this thing. Because it's... I, I kind of want VR now. Mm. Like, I know I've always been a bit like, meh, with VR. And when, even when they announced Hitman VR, I was like, that'd be cool. Meh. There's something about Star Wars that triggers a little back thing in the back of your head that as a kid you're like god i wish i was flying a tie fighter or an x-wing <laughs> and this is the and i'm like oh i don't want to spunk out the vr though yeah it's I mean, yeah it's, how, it's how much have we got on the patreon fund probably enough in about <laughs> six months time okay cool yeah, we yeah start so, doing some, we'll do some topless sets for all of us there yeah that'll do it yeah yeah we'll start we'll on only fans we'll do a calendar yeah oh my god yeah only fans only fans jesus <laughs> Only guns. People just go on OnlyFans <laughs> and become successful, apparently. O- only guns, yeah. Can't really call only fingers. That'd be weird. Yeah. I think it's a certain type of person. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But yeah, really good. Um, the dialogue is awkward. Uh, the moments in between the fun dogfighting bits are not fun at all. It's very anthem isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's got moments of it's like, oh, come on. Come on. I've got to a point where I'm just skipping dialogue now. I don't even want to listen to it. I just want to go shoot some people and fly around and fly around. And shooting those Star Wars things, it's just good. It's just Star Warsy, and it's fun. And it's a lot more involved than I ever gave it credit for in the trailers. And it's only like £35, I think, or 40 quid mm-hmm. or something. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah, I think I'm near the end now. But it's a fun experience, and it looks like the multiplayer is going to have legs because a lot of people are getting into it. Even so, I'm enjoying it. I don't play multiplayer games. Well, there you go. If that is not a sell, I don't know what is. So, yeah, that's my game of the week, which is unexpected, but uh, very happy. Very happy that it turned out. Sweet. And you thought I was going to pick that one, didn't you? I did. So anyway, right. Sean Davis is back in the house. So it's quiz time. We're going old fashioned. I've actually got head and paper. Wow. Wow. And now I want to apologize because once again, um, this week's been mega busy. And so I'm going to steal a quiz from somewhere else. Um, I wanted wanted to find a quiz that was so obscure that none of you would get an answer. You know, like a... Would it be like the kind of like pointless, so the less score? Yes, I was, I was <laughs> going to try and do that, but I, I honestly couldn't find one that was too obscure. Um, so I've gone with games, um, video game knowledge quiz um, from the game digital sales people. Um, so yeah, let's enjoy this. Okay, let's do a quiz. Um, question one, which Nintendo character appeared in a game first? Was it Link in oh, this thing. Zelda? Ooh. Ooh. Laughing dog. What is it? I want that. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. So we're talking over the quiz. What, yeah. what was it? Is it the PlayStation lights? Oh, okay. You know, little, you know what EGX? Little neon you know, that, thing. Like a smaller uh, version of that massive thing we stood by, EGX. The sacred symbols. Oh, okay. I fucking missed it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I flip back to the quiz and I, I, I can't see. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. Uh, which which Nintendo character appeared in a game first? 
Was it Link in The Legend of Zelda, Laughing Dog in Duck Hunt, or Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong? So which Nintendo character appeared in the game first? Was it Link in The Legend of Zelda, Laughing Dog in Duck Hunt, or Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong? What was Donkey Kong in? Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong. Okay. From last week, Jumpman in Donkey Kong. <laughs> Um, okay, question two. Which game was released first? Was it Time Splitters? Was it Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon? Or was it Halo Combat Evolved? Question two. Which game was released first? Time Splitters, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon, or Halo Combat Evolved? Gonna be tricky. Are they all gonna be like this? Who came? Which came first? Yeah, this was like, they chucked a quiz together on Wikipedia, which makes it even worse that I've got so little effort in picking this quiz. Um, <laughs> okay, question three. Which game has sold more copies? The Last of Us, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim? Ooh, I mean... <laughs> do, like, PS Plus sales count? Um... I have no idea. Oh, this is just a guessing game, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yes. It says there's a punt on every one of these. Yeah. So, which game has sold more copies? The Last of Us, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or The Elder Scrolls V: Skyrim? Which game's imported more? Okay. Which Sony character appeared in a game first? Was it Spyro in Spyro the Dragon, Spike in Ape Escape, or Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid? Which Sony character appeared in a game first? Spyro in Spyro the Dragon, Spike in Ape Escape, or Solid Snake in Metal Gear Side? Because they all sound obvious until you give the other options. It's like, ah, oh, they're all really close together. <laughs> they're all possible, yeah. Hmm. Was Solid um, Snake in the very original Metal Gears? Yeah. yeah. But what was the question? Is it Metal Gear Solid or just which character? Yeah, it's, oh, well, it's, then, yeah. yeah Solid Snake and Metal Gear Solid because the original game wasn't on PlayStation. So. Ah. Okay, which character? Go on. Nothing. Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, which character has appeared in the largest amount of video games between Crash Bandicoot, Lara Croft, or Pikachu? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> which yeah, I, like, be... I like these. There's just no way I can know whether I've got them right. <laughs> it's got to be that really, really, really annoying one, Lara Croft. Um... <laughs> Which character has appeared in the largest number of games? Uh, Crash Bandicoot, Laura Croft, or Pikachu? Okay, it's question. Be, gotta be. It's gotta be, surely. Question six, I think. <laughs> Which home console came out first? Was it the Sega Master System, the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the Atari 7800? What was that again? I'll give it to you again. Which, which you. home console came out first? Was it the Sega Master System, the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the Atari 7800? Oh. Okay, next question. Which Microsoft character appeared in a game first? Was it Blinks in Blanks the Time Sweeper? Blanks in Blanks. Blanks the Time Sweeper. Oh, fucking, yeah. fucking northerners, man. We need subtitles for this. You said it. You said it. You said it you said right. A word before. I know. I'm really struggling to talk. Okay. Um, 
Blinks in Blinks the Time Sweeper. Legendary Sweeper. <laughs> Stachio in Viva. Pinata. Pinata. <laughs> Hudson, Hudson Hostachio <laughs> in Viva Pinata. Or Master Chief in Halo Combat Evolved. Which Microsoft character appeared in the game first? Was it Blinks in Blinks the Time Sweeper, Hudson Hostachio in Viva Pinata, or Master Chief in Halo Combat Evolved? Hey, you did it! Hey! Well, we'll just repeat Please. that one twice. Yeah. It's, like, it's like driving Miss Daisy, isn't it? We're just giving him elocution lessons. I'm going to give you fucking electrocution lessons in a minute. <laughs> elastocution? <laughs> electrocution. Fucking Northern Hesma. Uh, okay. We'll get which... you back down mine soon enough. <laughs> right. Which game helped coin the phrase quick time events? Was it Shenmue, God of War, or Resident Evil 4? So which game helped coin the phrase quick time events, Shenmue, God of War, or Resident Evil 4? They all did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the, the term of this existed before two of the other games existed. Yeah. Okay, which fighting game came out first? Was it Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Which fighting game came out first? Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? It's the first one I'm confident of. Um, almost, almost at the end. Uh, which famous actor has not provided their voice to a video game? Um, is it Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, or Brad Pitt? Oh, I know that Bruce has lent his likeness. Assumedly, his voice would have come with it. Hmm. I, don't remember, I don't remember playing an interview with a vampire game. Oh, I would have played that game. That's all the questions. Ellie Noir murder mystery kind of. Press press F to turn small child into immortal vampire. <laughs> you got through that without us mocking you in any way whatsoever. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fuck you all too. Good to be back. Yeah. Right then, let's jump into some news. I'm going to talk about some random little things in both barrels, and then we're going to get into our big topics of the week, including a PlayStation One retrospective, which I'm really looking forward to. But first, it's time for both barrels. So, let's get started. It looks like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered will be announced on Monday. A countdown on the official Need for Speed website is set to end early UK time on Monday, 5th of October. In August, Eurogame reports on a now-deleted Amazon UK listing that not only teased the arrival of the game, but a Friday the 13th November 2020 release date. Criterion's Hot Pursuit is a brilliant cop versus robber racer that fuses together EA's Need for Speed with a burnout-style twist. Originally launched for the PC, PS3, and Xbox 360 in 2010. Of course, if you're listening to this on the day this goes up, it's probably already out there. Hey, hey! Go check it out. Go look at that trailer. Wasn't it good? It was good. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has got Steve and Alex from Minecraft on October the 14th. The announcement was made during a video deep dive into the new DLC characters, which you can watch on YouTube. In the video, Smash Chief Mashahiro Sakurai, Sakurai, Mashahiro Sakurai, I apologize, reveals how Steve and Alex can mine, craft, and create blocks in Smash just as they can in Minecraft. They can use their tools to dig into the ground or walls to mine dirt, wood, stone, iron, gold, and diamond, depending on the type of surface. Expect plenty of wood from the Congo Jungle stage, for example, and iron from the Corneria stage. 
Sony is giving PlayStation Plus subscribers a touch of the gothic in the form of Life is Strange developers Don't Nod's action RPG Vampire this month. Less spookily, Need for Speed Payback is option number two. Vampire drops players into the fog-shrouded open-world streets of Edwardian London to take control of Dr. Jonathan E. Reed, a man struggling to reconcile his Hippocratic oath with his vampiric need to slurp on the pulsating life force of innocence and the not-so-innocence. And then there's Need for Speed Payback, which is unremarkable trash. Xbox Live Gold is also getting some games this month, and it's getting a bit spooky. On Xbox One, players an adorable villain in the throwback horror puzzle game Slayway Camp Butcher's Cut and keep your wits about you in the creepy stealth total made of scare. On the 360 and Xbox One via battle compatibility, walk through ancient Egypt in Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy and get your trick-or-treating on in Costume Quest. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate gets EA Play on their Xbox consoles on the 10th of November, Microsoft has announced. That's the same day as the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. Then, beginning in December, members with an Ultimate or PC subscription can download and play games from the EA Play library on Windows 10 PCs. Some EA Play games will also be available for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play on an Android device via the cloud, Microsoft have said. And finally, Fall Guys' second season will land next week on Thursday the 8th of October. Developer Mediatonic announced the date this afternoon, along with word that Season 1 will perhaps unsurprisingly conclude then too. Season 2 will have a medieval theme, add new rounds inspired by the Middle Ages, and obstacles such as drawbridges, giant swinging axes, and siege ramps. Costumes will include knights, vikings, dragons, witches, and wizards. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was both barrels. Right then, let's get into our main topic of the week, which is... Well, Spidey Face. Spidey Face. They went and changed Spidey's face for the new... PS5, is it bad or is it all right? Gonna ask Greg. I need you to kind of say words. This is an audio podcast. Greg's eating food. He's eating. Of course he is. Uh, Okay, fine. I'll throw this over to someone else. Toby Anderson, what's your take on this remarkable, (laughs) remarkable news? (laughs) Um, Well, I may not have the same view as everyone on this one. I'm just... It seems so sort of pointless um, to me to change his face. Um, maybe that is the same view as everyone, but it's, it's it's very, very pointless. It doesn't feel like there was any real need to do it. They've said something about it being, um, you know, about the new facial capture matching like his his voice better. Um, and I'm like, well, I never noticed that his lips were out of sync no, no, in the no. first one. Matching his voice actor. No, not voice yeah. actor, because that's Yuri Lowenthal. It, it's, no, meant it's, to be, it's meant to be matching Yuri Lowenthal's face better, is it? Not John Bubiak, Bubniak that was the original face. Is that right? No, what I read was that it was meant to it was meant to recreate the voice and therefore the facial movements to get to that voice, but it's still keeping the original voice, which is Yuri Lowenthal, like you said. But it's a new face. So that seems somewhat pointless to me. I didn't really notice that there was anything where the lips weren't moving correctly or that there was a problem with that before, but maybe as an enhancement of PS5 to, you know, from PS4 to PS5 graphics that meant that the lip movements suddenly looked all out of whack and they had to do it. But it does seem very, very strange. It's obviously, you know, he looks a lot more like Tom Holland. You can see why that guy has been cast. Um, But at the same time, I feel a little bit like, well, if you hadn't told me, I may not have cared. Or noticed. I know he probably, I probably would have noticed it was a slightly different face, but 
Peter Parker's been paid, played by a lot of different people now. And if I got <laughs> say, to the... Say that again quickly. <laughs> Peter Parker's been played by a, by a pock of pickle peppers. And it, you know, by the time I got onto the PS5 um, release of this, I don't think I'd have noticed that it was a different face or cared. Um, so I don't really see the harm in it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I had to search online for Peter's face, his old face, because I'd not paid the game for like three years. So I'd like, well, what, what did Peter used to look like? And then when I saw the two, that you know, videos came up within like half an hour saying, this is the old face, this is the new face. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, he is different. Oh but yeah, that's had, what he looked like. But had I gone straight into the game, I wouldn't have given a damn. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I have absolutely no issue with this whatsoever. What my, the one thing about it is this Peter Parker how long has it been since he was Spider-Man? Eight, eight years. Right. Because it looks like now, it doesn't look like there's been an eight-year gap. Do you know what I mean? Like he's fresh he looks, out of college, kind of thing. Yeah, he looks a lot younger. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Again, they're probably trying to appeal to you know, the MCU, Tom Holland, fangirls, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. I've got no issue with it. But internet have has naturally exploded. Uh, Greg, I'm sorry for coming to you first earlier. I no, no, I didn't. I just didn't want to say sorry. I'm eating, but that's why I was off camera because I just I did it for you. That's all right. Sure. Thank um, you. I had my initial like, what the fuck? Why? And I don't like it. But as Sean's going to expand on anyway, you play in various suits. You don't really see his face, so it doesn't really matter. But it's going to change how how do I how do I phrase it? You I'm not going to say like something corny, like you grow up with the characters, but when you've watched like the emotional bits like the Aunt May bit for example I can't not picture it as a different face now obviously if I do eventually get the PS4 version if I sorry the PS5 version if I keep my PS4 version but pay for the extra there then it will be jarring to start with but by the time you get to that point in the game anyway you'll be uh, acclimatized to the new face anyway so it was jarring I don't see why they've done it I'm like I know why they've done it from a looks like Tom Holland kind of perspective but it just seems like an extra bit of faff, really. But um, I was initially like, what the fuck? Mm. And now I'm just a bit like, well, I'm going to be swinging around in suits. Um, so it's not that much of a thing to get my parents to the bunch about now. It was that initial like, why would you bother? But then, yeah, I, I simmered my rage. I didn't go on the internet forums typing about it. So I was a bit like, why? But now I'm mm. just like, eh. Yeah, I mean, he does look... He looks younger, and I don't know if that will suit the voice because he's meant to be older. Well, yeah, he's, I, I mean, college, to... college and uni, <laughs> college and uni is obviously different times in America. So when we say out of college, we mean like sixteen-year-old, which is what he looks like with the new model. But yeah. obviously, up there, they're they're they like college is part of their education. They get out of twenties, don't they? Yeah, no, I just I, it's weird. I I just think it's a bit of an extra thing that didn't need doing. But I think it's a case of just showing off that look, we can remap a game now, and we can do this. We have the power. Mm. So but I'm sure. Sean's going to... Uh... You're just asking for a bit of like backlash, though, aren't you? There's no, there's no wonder they had backlash. It's just yeah, but so, it, so it, unnecessary. It, You're going to get backlash by doing it. Yeah, this. but it, it generates more interest, doesn't it? Because then people start reading about it, and they go, oh, well, fine, I either will or won't play it. I don't know. No, no news is bad news, or whatever it is. Yeah, no no marketing is... Bad yeah, yeah. I know, I'm never sure how the phrase goes, but... <laughs> bad press is still press or something like that. Yeah, but they didn't need press, did they? It's bloody PS5 remaster of Spider-Man. For God's sake. I, no one was going to buy Spider-Man. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, it's just to distract from their bullshit pre-order upgrades. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, but everything else about it looks amazing. Um, it yeah. looks beautiful. I wonder um, if they're going to put puddles back in. Yeah, do you remember that? Imagine. 
Uh, Mr. Sean Davies, what's your what's your take on uh, Peter Spidey New Face? I like it. Um, of course, you do. I, <laughs> no, I, I do. I do because um, the character is supposed to be twenty three years old, and that original model doesn't look twenty three. So, so he would have been Spider Man since he was fifteen, then. Yeah, because wow. he was in school. That's a great responsibility to. <laughs> Great power and yes, but with yeah. great power. Great. <laughs> uh, that was I was going to say, there's a quote in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <isn't> what is it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I it felt unnecessary, but then again, um, I'm not Sony or Insomniac, and if they felt that they need to change the face, I do get the feeling that Disney's probably leaned on them, and I don't think Disney probably give a shit the first time around. But as soon as though the game has been sold to tens of millions of people. I think Disney, given the chance, would probably lean on Sony to say, eh, give us, give us a more Tom Holland-like face. But yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I was never really that attached to the first face. Um, I don't think I'll get any more attached or less attached to this second face. It's just another face. So, yeah. Sounds like face-off. You don't want to get attached to someone else's face, do you? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, yeah. Russ? You, you enjoying New Spide? Yeah, I'm not. It doesn't bother me really. It's um, it's just another new thing that they've that they've managed to add, and yeah, I don't know why we chose this as a new story because it really is of no interest to me whatsoever. <laughs> like, we need we needed things to talk about. Yeah, we're we doing that. A... We're doing the other Buzzfeed thing of are we annoyed? And it turns out no, we're no, not. we're not. No, it doesn't, matter. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. The, uh, the one thing, the one thing I wanted to ask you is: is do you think that they've changed the face as as a as a way to justify the remaster well this is what i said like do you reckon they're doing it just for the sake of because they can to get more drawing i'll I'll be honest with you i've I've seen the side-by-side gameplay and while it looks better in 60 frames per second i didn't see there's like a massive change and i know they were like talking about all that everything's been rebuilt from the ground up and it didn't look that much different shinier with more puddles. Don't you see you all the see more his reflection against yeah. windows? Exactly. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember the, the original one? I said the original. It's weird calling it the original one now. It's only a two-year-old game. Do you remember, like, didn't they have some really cool trick going on that you could see the interiors of buildings? It was a processing thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a shader. Yeah. yeah. It just seems weird that, like, they've gone through that massive, massive technological advancement to, like, step up from, you know, PS3 games. And now it's like, yeah, but now you can have him reflect on windows. And it's like, well, hang on. The whole point was being able to look in windows. That was cool. Now it's just, I mean, there's that one screenshot doing the rounds, isn't there, where he's up against the wall at the window and you can see him reflected in it. It's it's cool. I like it, but it's just like, why? What was wrong with the original thing? Yeah, maybe it'll be an 8 out of 10 game this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you can cut that if you like. Why? Who made it a... I've no idea what you said, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> I said, maybe it's an 8 out of 10 game this time. Shots <laughs> <laughs> uh, fired. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's our take on the hotly debated new Spidey face. I should say, uh, Brian Intahar, the director of the game, has received you know, death threats, threats. and shit about this. Why? And... This is what I mean. Why do you bother? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, as a finger guns want to say, you're a bunch of assholes. Stop yeah. being so fucking ridiculous. This is the same crowd that were giving Laura Bailey death threats. So You'll change Spidey's face over my dead mm. body. Uh, let's jump on to the PlayStation 1 
which Whoop. this week celebrated 25 years of being a thing in the UK. And I thought we'd uh, do a little roundtable about our memories of it, how important it was, the significance of the console, because it came out of nowhere and became the biggest thing in the whole world. Um, I'm going to kick off this roundtable by saying I never owned one. So I personally don't have a lot to add to this conversation. My, and I'm uh, out. <laughs> my, my wonder is of uh, G Police, of course, because uh, a friend of mine had it and I, I played it at his house. Uh, like every weekend, I would go to his house and play G Police. And I'm fully aware of how great the PlayStation was. But I don't really have a, a huge personal connection to it. So I'm going to throw it over to probably someone that does. Mr. Sean Davies. Who got his for a man off the back of a van? Uh, I was out the mine, out the top of the mine, and there was a guy with a van. I got my PlayStation 1 for Christmas. I think everyone got their PlayStation 1 for Christmas because the PlayStation 1 was just... Because had run out. Exactly. We, we had a really, <laughs> really good year down the mine. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, I, I got like a couple of games with it, like Abe's Exodus. Um, I think it was Wipeout, Destruction Derby, Cool Borders. Um, and those games, they blew my socks off. They were the first 3D games that I'd ever played in my house. Been to an arcade and seen 3D games and stuff. And you know, they were great and all that. But to, to sit in my house and have a 3D game on my TV was phenomenal. Weirdly, the game that we played the most um, that first day was the freaking dinosaur demo. Um, <laughs> just like you know having the dinosaurs spin around and then stomping and then making him roar for whatever reason um, it was such a, a, an amazing console that you know I understand why the HD you know the, like the PlayStation Mini didn't do well because the PlayStation games look like shit now and they play like shit now compared to what games are but they, these are the game the, the PlayStation 1 was the console that set those standards and those gameplay mechanics in motion. And, you know, it is an integral part of gaming history is the PlayStation 1. Without it, we would not have had gaming as we have it today. It's brought discs to us, memory cards. You know, it was, it, it blew everyone's mind at the time. And it was positioned as the coolest thing in the world by being in clubs and having, you know, cool adverts that nobody could really understand. So, yeah, my memories are it, it is one of my favorite consoles of all time, that and the PlayStation 2. And the games on it were fantastic, you know, Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, just so many good memories of that console. And, and, and when somebody, you know, I saw it was the 25th anniversary, I kind of like crumbled to dust because it doesn't feel like 25 years ago. It does not feel like 25 years ago that we got the PlayStation, but here we are 25 years later talking about how good it was yeah yeah i mean it was just it was a massive the impact was almost immediate wasn't it i mean that that getting wipeout into nightclubs and having uh was it orbital that did the soundtrack or did some of it anyway yeah and prodigy I mean, yeah it was just like holy shit games aren't lame anymore games <laughs> games are <laughs> games are pretty cool mm. and it was that because sony originally were making a console with nintendo they were doing a disc drive add-on, yeah. Yeah, for the SNES. Yeah. And obviously that never happened. They, those consoles do exist. They were on eBay earlier this year. And yeah, they sold for thousands and thousands and thousands. And so it was interesting, kind of like looking back, thinking 
if that happened, maybe Sony would never have made the PlayStation. And we wouldn't have what we have now. It's pretty wild. Uh, Greg, what's your... Uh, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the original PlayStation and your kind of memories attached to it? Resident Evil. That was the first game I ever played. My friend Richard uh, lived up around the corner from Anne's, and I knew it was coming out. Couldn't afford one anyway, but I never really... Like, couldn't afford magazines and didn't see a lot of adverts on TV for it. So I remember he said he had one. And yeah, the first ever game I saw on it was Resident Evil. And we got told off of playing that by his dad. So played Tekken 2 instead. And it kind of went from there, really. But for me, like, my first memory of buying one was getting one at Curry's when it was still a thing. And it was, you could pick one game with it. And I picked Rival Schools, which is a Capcom beat em up, which is incredible. Um, and it's a little thing that I'm sure you guys won't really care for, but they're adding a Rival Schools character to Street Fighter V soon which is quite a nice feat that that game's still getting recognized. Now, to me, the PlayStation, it's going to sound like a bit of a weird thing. I wouldn't, it feels to me like a multiplayer console and not actually playing multiplayer games, but it was like a water cooler style console. Like you could talk about it. Like the SNES was my first proper console. I love the SNES. But that was more like when I was younger and sort of playing by myself and renting games from Blockbuster and stuff like that. But the PlayStation came out around about the time we started going to secondary school. so that was the cool console then so it was it, it was the console to talk about with more games like who's played tomb raider who's played resident evil who played metal gear solid when it came out that kind of thing and it's funny enough it's the console that toby and i started talking about it was final fantasies and stuff like that so that's how we started um being friends in school and i've put more time into playstation games than i have like most other consoles to be honest just because of the catalog of games like before they were all just the exclusives and the whole console wars thing that we have now it was just they're on playstation so that's my that's where a lot of more started for me um obviously metal gear solid was the first breakout one of the series not the first game in the series but you know same with final fantasy uh resident evil tekken um legacy of kane uh the parasite eve games um and then obviously looking to broaden my horizons and get some of the import games so like the chrono cross the first Parasite Eve, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I've still got mine. I've still got a chip to PlayStation 1. Not for copies, but for imports. And I've got a couple of copies of RPGs that um, Toby burnt for me that were really hard to get hold of anyway. But um, yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful console that started off loads of franchises. I mean, as did the SNES and boosted a lot of them as well. But to me, I think I've invested more time in the PlayStation because it came. it became like the the console you can talk about with your mates more because it was the hot one at the time. You know, had the SNES come out five years later, it would have been that one, for example. But like, yeah, it just became the console that spawned loads of franchises and conversation starters, really. And Final Fantasy VIII is still the best one. Oof. Every week. Every yeah. week. Just the t-shirt on his face going, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. Is he the Churchill dog? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Toby, what's your um, what's your history with the PS1? It's going to sound a little similar to Greg's, to be honest, but um, it's around the same sort of time, we're the same age, um, and he's absolutely right that the PlayStation One was like the console that took you into secondary school, at least for for our generation, um, which did mean that yeah, every geek would be talking about games and gravitating to the other geeks who were talking about games, um, and you know 
make friends for a long time um, over that kind of stuff, which is which is really cool. Um, it was my first console that I owned. It was um, definitely what got me addicted to gaming. Um, and down a very, very long road, we're here now, still talking about games. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we're still here. It's, that was what started it. I mean, like I said the other week, I mean, you know, the very first game I played was actually Nintendo, but the first console, the, the, the major influence was the PlayStation. Um, and I totally agree with Sean, the weird ads, um, you know, things like that, that that really stick with you, like the the girl with the alien eyes that that was um, that was a viral one back in the days when, you know, it was just on TV was viral. But um, black discs, you know, we don't really have black discs on anything, and it was the only, only the PlayStation that had black discs. It was cool. Um, anyway, when I bought mine, um, or when I got my mum to buy it, because um, instead of buying a PC, which was like four times the price. Um, it came with three games. I know Sean was just saying what his ones were. Mine were Gran Turismo, Abe's Odyssey, and Crash Bandicoot. So two absolute classics. <coughs> and um, the one I'm saying is not an absolute classic is uh, the driving game that I couldn't even pass the driving test of. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. Um, so it's not well, that hard. At the time... I couldn't even get, you get these tests where you're going all the way to the to this point. You've got to stop and break in that particular box. It's like, not just hard. completely, <laughs> completely couldn't do it. it so comes, it actually, comes up on lists of like games that are really impossible. It's not that fucking difficult. <laughs> and it is, it is to this day. I've never played the campaign like tournament mode of Crash Band uh, of um, Grand Theft Auto One. So uh, anyway. Abe personally started a lifelong love of 2D platformers and Metroidvanias and those types of games. Crash Bandicoot was every 90s kids sort of in their library firm favorite for a very long time. And with Crash Bandicoot 4 coming out just recently, that's really, really been a, a nice um, blast from the past. I remember completing half of Crash 2 on the day I got it um, at someone else's house and hogging their PlayStation and their, uh, and their TV while I did it. Um, and um, the PS1 brought us Metal Gear Solid and the, um, Greg's thoughts about that one but I remember being at secondary school doing exams when that came out and it just being the talk of the school um in amongst probably the tiny little group of people that I talked to about Metal Gear Solid but yeah for me it was talk of the school um anyway the the last thing I'll bring out is is my favorite game on there is um is not Final Fantasy 8 it's Final Fantasy 7 I'm afraid um though I agree that Final Fantasy 8 is sorely undervalued and um underrepresented and is one of the best Final Fantasies there is. Um, but it's just pipped to the post by Final Fantasy VII. I went to, I went to my mate's house um, and he had he had all these Warhammers, which I was not into at the time and never really got into at all. And he was painting them and he thought it was all great stuff. And then when we got bored of looking at these things that he painted, he decided to turn on the PlayStation um, and just boot up this particular game. Didn't tell me what it was. I watched a number of turn-based fights happen on a big, bright, grassy field um, lots of magic spewing from these fighters on the field as three of them lined up and um, and some mind-blowing music. And then he didn't tell me what it was still. Uh, I knew nothing else about it. Um, and then until later, I found out what it was and was like, I must have Final Fantasy VII. I must have Final Fantasy VII. This must happen now. So um, once I'd learned what it was, went out to buy it. The rest is history. I remember taking um, three tries at least on the Scorpion boss because the alert at the beginning of that game, and it's just always, rem always remember this, is it, it says attack while the tail's up. So you attack and then you die because the second line then says, and it will counterattack. And the other, God damn you, localization. That was one of those mistranslations, <laughs> was it? 
It was meant to be attack. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> it was meant to be don't attack while the tail is up because it yep. will counterattack you. Yeah. And if but you read it all in one go, you it would, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But if you read it in three separate bits, like it comes up, you fuck it up, and you fuck it up again and again because you're only like what, twelve years old. Um. Anyway, I remember getting into that first guides I ever had were about chocobo racing. Um, getting clouds, Sephiroth, Tifa, getting Yuffie, getting all of the se- separate stuff, ultimate weapons, beating the be- beating the ultimate weapons and getting the ultimate weapons. Um, and it's just left a completely indelible mark, um, Final Fantasy. So my PlayStation 1 obsessions from that point on were RPGs, uh, a lot of money spent on sourcing foreign games, US games like Xenogears, Chrono Cross, Early Tales titles, Star Ocean Second Story, uh, just some absolute classics and it's got me completely hooked on narrative based games um so i owe that to the playstation and the uh, influx of japanese games that it uh, brought with it and I'll, I'll call it there very cool very cool well, i spoke to a couple of friends about this um during the week and they were like my biggest memory from it wasn't a game it was the memory card mm. graphics that a little visual aids yeah. that they had on them yeah um People would buy games just to collect them, almost to have just just to see what they. Uh, obviously, they couldn't look online at the time, so people would just buy them. Now, I'll round this off with, if there was one PS One game that could be fully remade in a blue point from the ground up remake, one game that has not yet been remade, what would it be for you, uh, Greg X? Vagrant Story. Ooh, nice. Toby saying about being 12 and narrative skills and all that. I didn't really get it the first time around. I got quite near to the end just through luck. Um, and I think my, my mind wasn't really tuned to picking out how good things look. I mean, like, like, like Sean said, you go 3D game and you go, wow, and it was cool. But then when I played it as an adult, I realized how fucking phenomenal the game is. Like for a PS1 game, it's really pushing I mean, it's Squaresoft. Squaresoft were like dominating PlayStation market, especially when it came to graphical um, output and pushing what PlayStation can do. Just look at any of the, the cutscene to in-game videos from Final Fantasy and Parasite Eve where they, they blend FMV into gameplay, for example. Uh, Vagrant Story was a bit niche because it was an action RPG with a grid-based... Well, it wasn't that niche because the grid-based battle system was taken from the first Parasite Eve, but of course that was an American game, so we're getting a bit you know nerdy here. But... To wrap up my point, it's a cracking game with a cracking battle system and crafting system that in today's market of, you know, games with crafting systems and shit like that, it would, you know, it would do really well. Look at like like the Dark Souls crowd and the Bloodborne crowd. They'd love it. They would eat it up because it's a challenging RPG, like an action RPG and it had beautiful visuals at the time. And it was in like a mythical oldie style world, like old with an E on the end of it kind of thing. And it just... It's always touted in lists, and I've written about it in lists before and RPG features saying, like, you know, how good would Vagrant Story be? So, yeah, there's, there is a demand for it. it. I think that would be good under, like, the Shadow of the Colossus style Blue Point remake. Mm. Fuck me, Aston Villa beat Liverpool 7 2. So? Sorry, not <laughs> important to anything. I just saw the scoreline. <laughs> Shit. Mate, I've got to catch the highlights for that. Uh, Toby, what would your remake be? Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, Xenogears. So if 
that, that game, they, they made a Zeno Saga, which was meant to be like this six games on PS2 in the US, and none of them, I think well, one of them might have got released here. Um, but it then got canned at three games, and they had to wrap up the whole story in one game, and I was just like, that was the greatest thing ever. And it was, it was like a remake of Xenogears already. But I want to see like that full... It's a storyline that is on par with Final Fantasy VII, a, all of these massive, massive Squaresoft RPGs. It even it was even bigger. It had like you know all sorts of religion and God and stuff in it, and mechs, and it was just you remake that now, and it would just be incredible. With the with the you know success of Xenoblade and a few other things as well, I don't see why they couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, it would just be amazing there's a, there's a number of rpgs i could probably say the same thing about like star ocean second story if you make remade that in the graphics that you now have for star ocean games even though they're pants you make those original two or three games back again i'd love that too they've lots of talk online about legend of dragoon as well which was that um final fantasy beta that that sony brought out at one point lots of people calling for that to get remade recently mm. um so it would be a, it would be an rpg for me but um i'll go with Xenogears. Awesome. And Sean? Uh, a bit left field, but the game is called Vigilante 8. Oh, um, nice shout. Yeah. It was, it's like a vehicle combat game, and that genre does not get enough love. And whenever it does get a new release, people tend to ignore them. Um, out of that generation, I preferred um, Vigilante 8 than Twisted Metal. And, you know, I'm... I'm that generation's right for a comeback. I'm hoping that this Destruction All Stars kind of kicks that off. Because I was going to say you've got one coming out, really, haven't you? Yeah, and it, I mean that's probably the reason why I went for you know most of the games for PS5 launch are going to be on PS4, but Destruction All Stars is not. So I'm like, yes, give me Vigilante Eight in Destruction All Stars style with a buzz and a bus, sorry, you know, and um, <laughs> and cars and bikes and just. Just have them shoot each other. That's going to be fantastic. So, that, how about you, Ross? I, mean, I played Vigilante on the N64. It was one of the few games I got. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that the second run one? Maybe. Vigilante 8 2, I think it was. Okay. Second run or second offense or something? Yeah, second something or other. Uh, yeah, G, please. Please. Of course. Or, <laughs> or, or Croc. Ah, um, Legend of the Gobbos. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Croc a lot. Do you remember Gex? Yeah, man. Yeah. Was uh, that yeah. With your the destruction, destruction thing? I was just thinking Roll Cage as well. Well, yeah, we they had, made that we had, grip, um, but it grip. wasn't it wasn't good enough. No, oh, it was not what Roll Cage it was. Not was, good enough. Wasn't good enough. Satiate the Toby. <laughs> I tried, but I didn't like oh, it. We could go down a rabbit hole of PS One games. We'd like to see get the full treatment. Yeah, that's what I'd go. For one, at least. Siphon filter. Bring back siphon filter. Oh, bring yeah. back siphon filter. We haven't had a good yeah. Legacy of Kane game in ages. My, uh, my, my dear friend uh, Christopher, you know him, Greg. He, uh, yeah, yeah. he said he said siphon filter oh, as well. Tor- Tory boy. Yeah, Tory boy. Tory boy who voted for the Tories but then got a job at the NHS. <laughs> good old Chris. Yeah, and he is listening to this now. That's really it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, he's going to love it. <laughs> All right, then it is now time to go to Sean Davies for this week's indie corner. Okay, I'm um, going to try and do something a bit different with this. Um, 
there's two games that I want to talk about in detail. Well, there's a couple of release dates and um, news that I wanted to talk about that like are very indie centric. So the first game I wanted to talk about is called uh, Tale of a Wolf. Um, it's from a British developer who recently got um, made redundant because of COVID. And um, he's basically making his first ever solo indie game. It's called Tale of a Wolf. You play as an, like an elemental wolf in a 3D forest. Uh, and this this wolf, this wolf can have like fire and ice and lightning and all kinds of different elemental powers like darkness and light and things like that. And basically, you've got to use these powers to fight off a group of humans that have come to your island to um, take it away from you. So this island has other animals you can befriend. There's like bears and deers and stuff that all give you quests. You can form a pack of wolves uh, with friendly wolves. Uh, and it, right now it's on Indiegogo, it's seeking funds, and it's already had a successful Kickstarter. So if that sounds like your thing, go and check out the uh, game. I think it's got a demo on Steam right now. Um, so that's that's worth a look. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm watching a video of it now. It is. It, it is. Nice. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a, it's a one-man team. Um, I backed the um, Indiegogo and then had to refund it because... Um, I'm super broke and didn't realize. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if, if anyone likes that kind of a game, um, it, it, you know, it's it's a really ambitious project, but I don't think it's too ambitious for the developers. So um, give that a look. And the second game is called Lancelot's Hangover, the quest for the Holy Booze, um, which is described as Monkey Island meets Monty Python. So obviously I was going to talk about this game. Um, basically, you've been sent on a quest by God to retrieve the Holy Grail and do some drinking with it. Because I guess the last party it was at was used by a king and he kind of died. So <laughs> uh, so basically, you have to travel around France, um, deal with an array of mimes, wrapping bears and amusement parks designed around medieval Christendom. Okay, um, it's got outlandish humor and it's available on Steam right now. I, if if I could have the time and had the inclination to review this, I would do. Uh, we currently have so many games to review that maybe one day I'll get to review this because it looks really fun. Um, the other two, the other three things I wanted to talk about is I Am Dead uh, is releasing this week. You might remember this from a Nintendo Direct thingamajigger a couple of months back. But it's from a group of British developers that are really cool. They did um, Frobisher Says, and um, they, they're a great group, this Hollow Ponds. And you basically play as a ghost on an island, help trying to get people to know that there's a, an impending doom coming their way. Uh, and that comes out on the 8th. Um, Horace is coming to the Nintendo Switch on October 21st. Um, that was, um, I think I think I included it as one of my games of the year for 2019, um, but I can't tell you because the article's gone. <laughs> um, so we'll have to try and figure that. Um, but yeah, Horace is coming to uh, Nintendo Switch on the October 21st. It's a brilliant game about a robot. It's a 2B, 2D platformer, um, but it's really cinematic. It's got loads of really cool, cool pixel art um, cutscenes. And it's a very, very cool story and a very um, cool game. And lastly, um, there is a new Ghost Runner demo out on Steam right now um, that I, I don't know if Toby's had a, had a look at, but they've, they've released a new demo ahead of the release on October 27th. I managed to play a bit of it and I was suitably impressed. Ghost Runner is going to be awesome. I've not managed to play the new one, but I did play the first demo. 
and it was yeah. also awesome. That game was going to be really cool. Yeah. And that's coming out on the 27th. And as I say, there's a new demo up on Steam. And that was the Indie Corner. Boom. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Our pleasure. <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Your leg way up in the sky there. Yeah. I like how you lie down to take in the Indie Corner. Oh, I just <laughs> yeah. really like, really absorb like it. to absorb it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleep it off. Yeah, it's fine. I got it. <laughs> this ain't Greg stuff. That's fine. Right. It's time for the quiz answers. Which Nintendo character appeared in a game first? Was it Link in The Legend of Zelda, Laughing Dog in Duck Hunt, or Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong? I, I put Monkey Kong. Don- Donkey Kong is correct. Yay. Uh, question two, which game was released first? Was it Time Splutters, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, or Halo Combat Evolved? Uh, Toby? I went with Time Splitters. Time Splitters is correct. Really? When did Ghost Recon come out then? You don't know the answer. You just got the answer on the screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, went Ghost, I went for Ghost Recon because I thought they were uh, old PC ones. I apologise profusely. What was the answer to the first one? Monkey Kong. Oh, oh so okay. Good. I got that right then. Uh, question two is time splitters. Uh, question three. Which game has sold more copies? Is it The Last of Us, Players Unknowns, Battlegrounds, or The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, Roscoe? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be Skyrim. Oh, it's PUBG, 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 isn't it? Isn't it? It's player unknowns. <laughs> <laughs> I went for Skyrim. I was, I was, thinking, I was tossing between those two for so long. Yeah. I was thinking Skyrim, so more ports, more numbers. Yeah, it's been I forgot how big PUBG was. PUBG went bonkers, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It, did, it did do numbers. Yeah. Okay, uh, question four. Which Sony character appeared in a game first? Was it Spyro in Spyro the Dragon, Spike in Ape Escape, or Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid? Uh, Greg? Spyro? Nope. Oh, Ape, I was going to Ape Escape was a launch title, right? Nope. No, Ape Escape. Solid Snake. Was it Snake, was it? Solid Snake. Snake in Spyro. Nico. Yeah, so um, wow. Solid Snake outdid Spyro. So obviously Spike was in Ape Escape, but Ape Escape came with the Dual, dual Shock. Not the, no, the Dual. Oh, sorry, the Dual Analog. Dual, yeah, because yeah, that, so. that was the pioneering game for it. Yeah, I so thought Spyro was near a launch. Me too. Uh, but apparently wow. game said it was Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Wow. Okay. Um, question something or another. Which character has Five. appeared in... Thank you. Which character has appeared in the largest amount of games? Is it Crash Bandicoot, Lara Croft, or Pikachu? Uh, Toby? I went with Pikachu. Pikachu is the correct answer. Oh, had to be. That, had yeah. to be. They've milked that motherfucker to death. Crash Bandicoot <laughs> was just in there for the just for an extra third title there. It was between Lara and Pikachu for... Yeah, no way, Crash. But to be fair, the, the, like Chris, Crash Bandicoot sits in that. Oh, I did play a lot of the games when I was a kid, and then I know there are other games. Joe, was really fucking, fucking annoying. Sorry, Metal Gear Solid came out six days before Spyro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't bullshit. <laughs> okay, uh, which home console came out first? Was it the Sega Master System, the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the Atari seventy eight hundred? Roscoe? Uh, uh, I don't know. I just went for Atari. It's the Nintendo Entertainment System. It slaps. I went for Atari as well. <sighs> I don't know the answer to any of these, really. I'm just guessing. but <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Um, okay, uh, which Microsoft character appears in a game first? 
was it Blanks in Blanks the Time Sweeper, uh, Hudson Hostachio in Viva Pinata, or Master Chief in Halo Combat Evolved? Greg? I don't know. I mean, Blinks was a launch game, wasn't it? But Was it though? Well, Halo Combat Evolved definitely was. Well, this is it. I'm sure Halo was around first. Because, well, Chief was around first because it was going to be a Mac game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to Master Chief. Master Chief is correct. Uh, it seemed like too obvious an answer, though. Yeah. I don't even know what this Blinks game is. You'd like oh, it. Oh, plays a cat. You play as a cat that can turn Wait, back time. Play as a cat oh. as a Hoover that can time I've never travel. never even heard of this. I wasn't into oh. Xbox when it first came out, to be honest. You'll love it. I got the game with backwards compatibility when I had an Xbox about two years ago. And I I'll lost my mind. Like the day it went, Blinks is now backwards compatible. I was like, shit, get a copy. <laughs> there you go. Tell you, can get it on the, you can get it on the backwards compatibility. Yeah, it is not cool. aged well. No. Okay. Well, that's it <laughs> one of the ones to remaster and remake. Mm. <laughs> yep. uh, okay. Uh, question something. Eight. Eight. Which game helped coin the phrase quick time events? Roscoe? Shenmue. Shenmue is correct. Shenmue. Um, which fighting game came out first? Was it Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Toby? Street Fighter. Street Fighter is correct. So much diversity. <laughs> and which famous actor has not provided their voice to a video game character? Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, or Brad Pitt? Uh, Greg? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is correct. Yeah, because Bruce Willis was voiced and likeness in Apocalypse. Samuel yeah. Jackson was Frank Tempest. And, yeah. And that's it. That's, that is the quiz for this week. All right. Uh, um, now, how many did you get right? Because I, I I did this quiz earlier today and I got five out of ten. Oh, I beat you then by one. So Greg has six. Toby, what? eight. What? Eight. 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 Oh, I've got seven. Oh dear. Wow. Toby finally wins a quiz. Toby wins. Toby wins. Toby wins. Well done. Toby wins. Yay. Well done, Toby. I missed. Uh, I got Skyrim and the Atari one wrong. That's I got everything, everything else right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well done, Toby. Yay. Cool. Well done, Toby. And thank you very much, Sean. Don't thank me for that one. That one's stolen from the internet again. <laughs> I will actually write a quiz one these days. It's just been so busy. Yeah, I want a, I want a Sean original. Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll mm. do a quiz for next well, week. It can't be original, can it? Because it's about existing games. No, I'm going to do it all about games quiz. in my head. Or Cake Simulator. Yeah. Down the mine. <laughs> cake bash in my face. <laughs> oh, yes. Right, then let's finish off with Out This Week. And Out This Week on October 5th is 4 Gone on Switch and PS4. October 6th sees the release of Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix on Xbox One, PS4, everything. October 6th sees Ministry of Broadcast out on Xbox One and PS4. And the Switch gets Agatha Christie. The ABC mode is also on October 6th. October 6th also sees the release of Ninth Dawn 3, Shadow of Earthville, which uh, Sean is covering. Look out for more on that one very, very soon. Um, early access to Baldur's Gate 3 lands on October 6th. So if you're looking forward to that, that's when it's happening. October 8th, Falcon Age comes to PC and Switch. And Ickenfell comes to Switch and PC, which I believe I've heard about before. I'm sure one of you guys have mentioned it in an indie thing. Uh, Ride 4 is coming out on PC and PS4 on October 8th. And FIFA 21, obviously, comes out October 9th for PC, PS4, Xbox, and Switch. But don't get the Switch version, because that's just fucking insulting to all of us. The Survivalists comes out on October 9th. The uh, kind of island 
castaway version of The Escapist from Team 17. Good little game. And uh, yeah, that's your lot for this week. Not much going on this week, but if you're a FIFA fan, this is your week. Enjoy it! Even though I'm currently playing it on EA Trials and yeah, Pez shits all over it this year. Whoop whoop. Quite surprisingly. Uh, so that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much, Steve, for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go down to our link tree in the description below. You can follow all of us on Twitter, except for Toby, because he's smart and he's not on Twitter. One day he might be. You never know. We could do with his likes and retweets. Go on. Go on, Toby. You don't have to say anything. Just follow finger guns. Or pimp, right, out, pimp out our own staff. Yeah. To cover, to share our own stuff. Chill, be nice. chill for us, Toby. Chill. It'd be, it'd okay. Be, it would be nice. <laughs> what else? Yes. We have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> For one whole pound, you can support us to keep these things up on their various hosting services. Finger Guns uh, got itself pretty kicked in the ass uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we've been working very, very hard to get it back on track. And it's looking very, very good at this present moment in time. So if you want to support us and keep us going, that would be lovely. Thank you very much indeed. And until then, it is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Bye. Wow. Goodbye from Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Finger Guns Podcast.